to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see each of you. Grateful that you're here today. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you joining us online, I want to say welcome to you. Thank you for being here. We have a beautiful church, uh, big church, <laughs> that joins us every week online they're as faithful as a day is long, and I love them to death, and I thank you for being here and being a part of our church. Um, before I jump into the series, I want to kind of back up a little bit to last week. You may not have been here last week, um, may not have been able to catch us online. Maybe you've seen something this week on some of our social media platforms that we have, uh, but we are now a church with another location. Uh, we were able, amen, um, that was a really cool thing. Uh, we now uh, have, uh, well, we have the opportunity or, or, or in the middle of an opportunity, we have a, a chance to buy a church, not really buy a church because it was given to us. They dropped the keys in our hands, but, but we have a new property. It's by Coda Baptist Church. It sits over on Northeast 26th Street. Uh, it sits on six acres of land, which is beautiful. And uh, that is a beautiful campus that has come our way a little quicker than we thought it would. But uh, man, God's timing is always perfect and beautiful. That campus will be uh, initially for us, it's just a mission hub or a mission base. We're gonna do a tremendous amount of missions in that area, in that community. It's right by Mesa Verde Elementary School. Uh, we're just gonna get out there and be hands and feet of Jesus and love on people and meet needs and, and, all, and just, just be Jesus. And, and we'll see what God does after that, but we, we were looking for two years for a piece of property, and God did that. He set that whole thing up, and um, so I want to tell you a little bit more about that. It's a real cool story, but I'm going to do that on November 13th as we end this series. I'm going to wrap that up, but our manger offering on December 18th is going to go every bit of that to, to renovate and to remodel that property inside and out to get that to be where it needs to be so we can utilize it more effectively, but uh, we're excited about what God's doing. God's doing some real cool stuff around here. Uh, that's one of them. There's a lot of stuff going on in the house. There's some cool stuff going on that God's putting together. And so in the next coming months, uh, I get the opportunity to share with you all that God's doing. I can't let it all out of the hat right now. Um, and so, but I'm dying to do it, but don't, don't, don't take me out to eat and sucker me with a ribeye. I'm still not talking, okay? But you can, t you can take me out to eat for a ribeye, but I'm not talking, okay? So, but, but, but cool stuff doing, God's, God's in the house, doing a great work here, and I'm excited to tell you in the future all the things that God's doing here. So, but I wanted to share that with you and excited news uh, for us as a church with another campus and another location. So I'm in a series uh, jump-started that series in Labor Day, on Labor Day weekend, and uh, it's called History. Basically, history, his story. The Bible is not a bunch of Bible stories. It's Bible history. And history is not to be erased, my friend. It is to be embraced, okay? And so we need to understand that the Bible 
The Old Testament is beautiful part of the Bible. And we've looked at the Old Testament characters in the Old Testament, individuals in the Old Testament. And what we did is we wanted to look at their life, what made them unique, special, what made them stand out, what made God, God use them in such a mighty way. What about them? Did, did, what about them caught God's eye, I guess you could say? Because here's what we understand, that Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews 15, uh, 13, eight, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that means he's the same God in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and today. And if things in people's lives back then caught God's eyes to God to use them and do mighty works through them, we want to put those qualities and characteristics in place in our life so that God will use us because our God is the same God. He doesn't change. The promises of God in the Old Testament, the promises of God in the New Testament, the promises of God today are the same. God will, will come through. God is the same God. He does not change like shifting sand. He is an anchor. He's a rock. You can build your life on him. He's the same God that did the cool stuff in the Old Testament. He's the same God working on your behalf today. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever give up on God. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt, doubt the power of God. Don't, don't doubt that that was a cool God back then, but he's not doing squat today. Oh, God's doing much more than squatting today. He's changing the world today. And we as the church ought to get in on what God's doing because God's doing a bunch because God doesn't change, man. God's not held by circumstances, situations, what goes on as a country from the White House or something. He, he don't care about that. He sits on the kingdom, all right? His streets are gold. Ours at best are gray gold, all right? A little step up from asphalt, amen? But, but listen to me, he sits there. And so this little petty stuff that sometimes bothers us doesn't bother God because God's a rock, he's an anchor, he, he's the king. And, and that's who we put our faith in because God doesn't change, man. God doesn't have bad days. God's not blown away by stuff. God doesn't see things in our life and go, man, that's pretty rough. I'm not sure how you're gonna get through it. <laughs> He says, that's easy, I got this. Trust me, trust me. We talked about Hebrews 13, eight, Jesus, same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, six says, I, the Lord, do not change. Mm. I, the Lord, do not change. Some of y'all need to put that you know, in your, on your mirror. I, the Lord, every day look at it. I, the Lord, do not change. I, the Lord, that'd give you confidence. Boy, that'd put a little... That put a little step in your, a little pop in your step there. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We walk by what? Faith, not by sight. We live in a world that walks by sight, but we as king's kids, we're just passing through. This is not our home. We're from a different kingdom. So we walk by faith. And God asks us sometimes to step out in faith. He's not asking you what you see before you step. He says, I don't care what you see. I'm asking you to step because I'm a God that will create something from nothing so your foot, when it steps, can land on something. We always want God to make a step first. God says, I'm not making a step. That's not faith. I'm gonna make you step and then I'm gonna create a step. Some of us have to understand that we walk by faith, man. Walk by faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, amen. Why? Because when you first come to Jesus as your personal Savior, Lord, you step out in faith and profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, everything that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's done by faith. If it starts with faith, you better continue with faith. Amen? 
Dustin came out of that water, all right? He comes out believing, he's saying a prayer. He said a prayer to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. He followed the Lord in believer's baptism. He now walks out, same Dusty, same name, same hair, same guy that owns fence company. But listen to me. He's a different Dusty for, for what reason? Because Jesus now lives inside of him, man. The power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of him. He walks different, talks different, chews different. He's a different dude. Why? Because he's different from the inside. Amen? Because Jesus made him new. Listen, the blind man said, "Woo! I ran in the trees all the time. I met Jesus. I ain't hit one since. That's good news. Amen? I met Jesus. I don't hit no trees no more. That's a good thing. You can put that in your pipe and smoke it because that's good news right there. I'm just saying. So we talked about faith, walking in faith. Faith has two words that make up faith, believing and trusting. We talked about a chair. That's a chair. I believe that's a chair. And believe me believing that's a chair doesn't make that a chair. But me walking over and sitting in that chair, trusting it to hold me up, that makes that a chair. I can say I believe in God. He's the same God. Oh, yeah, it's warm and fuzzy in church, and I love it. They have good coffee, and they made my favorite creamer, and it feels good. I believe in Jesus. Go through a tough time in your life. You say, hey, man, God's the same God. You have faith in him. I don't know about that, man. I don't know if I can trust him. Yes, you can. You have to believe he is who he says he is, and you have to trust him for who he says he is then you have faith. I know you can't see what he sees. I know you don't see it's gonna turn out. It's gonna make it. You're gonna be all right. But you're not God, and he is. You have believe in him, trust him, have faith in him that he is a God that never changes, that will see you through it. We'll look at David today. We looked at different people all through the series. Today is David. Real quick on David. There's, there's, there's some things we know about David, but I wanna teach you something that, I, that, that is true about David, but we, he doesn't get a lot of ink, okay? So I wanna set up a couple of things and to kind of remind you of who he is, but then I wanna teach you what I believe is the most important characteristic and thing that David ever did in his life, and we don't talk about it like we should. David was the youngest of, of Jesse's boys. You remember there wasn't much to David. He wasn't a big guy. He wasn't you know, big and tall and didn't have a lot of muscles and he couldn't bench press a Buick, but, but he had a great heart, all right? And so Samuel's job was to go anoint a new king. And Samuel thought he was gonna anoint one of the other brothers. And God said, no, 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 none of them, David. He said, David, there's not much to David. He said, oh, but you're missing it. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. There might not be much about David from an outside appearance, but God doesn't look at man like man looks at man. Man looks at man on the outside and judges what he wears and how he walks and what he thinks. He sizes him up comparison to himself. God says, I look at a man's heart because when God's got a man's heart, God's got that man. He's got that man. David is called a man after God's own heart. God always looks at the motive of a man's heart, not his actions necessarily, okay? But he looks at the motive of his heart. He knew David's heart. Second thing we remember about David is we, we love to story, tell the story of David and Goliath because that's a cool story. If you were a kid in Sunday school, you grew up listening to the story of David and Goliath. Remember, David, Goliath was a giant. David wasn't even supposed to be there. His brothers were out in war fighting the Philistines. The Philistines had a big old ugly giant named Goliath. David's a shepherd boy. He's tending sheep for his dad. His dad said, boy, you need to go take your brother something to eat. All right, I'll go take him 
take him something to eat. He gets out there to the battle, and in and, and, and the first uh, account of smack talking is in the Bible right there, because Goliath is talking smack to the army of Israel, to God's army, and David overhears the smack. It's like, oh, he's just turning his mouth. So when you, one of the things you want to do is when someone's talking smack, you want to zip his lips. And the way you zip his lips, you take him out. So David took up a stone, put it in his sling, fired that sucker, hit him between the eyes, knocked him down. Boom. No more smack talking from Goliath. He not only just worried about him waking up and smack talking, he said, hmm, I cut his head off. So he cut his head off, amen. He ain't talking no smack now. He walked around, look at this. Got me a trophy. Trophy. This dude talking smack about God, he ain't talking no more. My God doesn't change. He's talking smack. That's what we remember. That's a cool story about him. But listen to me. There's other stories about David that's cool. Remember, David also is the same guy who made a real bad choice. <laughs> Y'all remember that? He's supposed to be at war, all right, fighting. He chooses to go back home. While he's back home, Bathsheba takes a bath. <laughs> uh, so she goes and takes a bath. David sees her and gets in all kind of trouble because he makes bad choices with Bathsheba. But we also see about David is this. David is one of the most beautiful pictures of repentance in Scripture. Psalm 51 is a beautiful depiction of a repentant David who says, against you and you alone, God, have I sinned. I love that because our God is a God of mercy and grace, and when we mess up, we can repent and turn and go back to God, all right? And God was sitting back. Remember, as I've taught you before, sin will always take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to be there, my friend. David, we know those three accounts, but I want to teach you something today that you may not know about David. I think it's his most important thing that he can teach us as a church, okay? It's found in 2 Samuel. I want you to go ahead and go there because I, I don't want you to have to flip to it later. 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we'll get to it in just a little bit. So in the English language, we, we are kind of uh, limited, okay? There's, there's four, there's a word love in the Bible, but, 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 but love in the Bible has four different levels or ranges of the word love. So every time you see the word love in the Bible, it doesn't also necessarily mean the same thing. You gotta understand what it says in the Greek because there's four different Greek words for love, okay? Now, if I say I love baseball, I love football, and I love popcorn, and that's all true, but I also love Melissa. So if I'm sitting on the couch by Melissa, who I love, and I'm watching football and I'm eating popcorn, she's probably thinking, hmm, I sure hope he loves, he, he loves, he loves me more than he does popcorn. I love my wife, because she's better looking than popcorn, amen, but I love my wife more than popcorn, but we only got one word for love. Now, in the Hebrews, there's seven words for praise, seven. They don't all mean the same thing. There's different levels of praise. There's different words that mean different things. David, okay, we're gonna look at a word in David's life right, that is a word for praise, okay? It, I wish we had a better understanding of the different definitions of the word praise because it would help us understand sometimes about our praise, okay? So the word we're gonna look at today that's modeled by David, which I believe is the greatest thing about David, okay? It is called halal, halal, H-A-L-A-L. -L. You gotta catch that last L, halal, 
okay? That is a Hebrew word where we get the word hallelujah or alleluia, okay? So we, we praise Yahweh. We praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ha, when we say halal, that's what we're saying. That's a, that's a word for praise. Now, I want to give you the definition for the word halal, okay? This is going to stretch some of you. I'm looking at you right now, and you're like, comfortable, and you're like, just relaxed, and everything's great. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch you a little bit, okay? Because some of you are like, mm, mm, I liked him, now I don't, okay? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to allow yourself to die to you and let God stretch you a little bit. Can you do that for me? We create a comfortable church, pretty nice in here, right? You're relaxed, but I want you to be allowed to stretch a little bit. Halal, the definition of halal, to shine, mm, to boast, to celebrate clamorously. Uh-oh, some of y'all are like, oh, boy, I know where we're going. Rave, be foolish, bring praise. Out, halal means to boast, to make much, to act a fool, to bring praise. Our praise should be manifested from a radical measure according to God's greatness. If God is as great as we know he is, the halal in us ought to be showing on the outside. Amen? I'm telling you right now, some of us who have professed Christ, been saved, born again, redeemed, come out of the baptistry waters, we have got to understand, we have got to wake up our praise. We got to wake up our halal, man. Woo! If this doesn't fire you up, oh, I, oh, your wood's wet and we need to talk, okay? Listen to me. You serve a God. Woo! That is great. He's the king. He's the one coming back to get you. He made you. He gave you new birth. He comes through. He's the same God every day. He is our king. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. We have got to get our halal on. Some of us are like, I'm a little reserved. I'm about to slap the reserve out of you. What is wrong with you? In Jesus' name, quit trying to be all stiff. Listen to me. You have been redeemed, set apart. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen people. You've got a helm in heaven. You're going to walk on streets of gold. He saved you, died for you, and coming back to get you. And you got to get up. you got to get up, man. It breaks my heart when we get up for more things. Like, we'll stand up and act a fool for Texas Tech and go to church Sunday morning and go, man, that's pretty good, Paxton. <laughs> yeah, I like you. You can sing. And Carrie, oh, she got a sweet voice. I just, you just like Carrie. I'm sorry, they ain't up here for you to like them. They're up here for him to like what they do. Listen to me. We were born and created for worship. And your whole job is to bring honor and glory to God. He said, don't make me make a rock cry out on your behalf. Get your little tail up and praise, man. 
I'm telling you right now, if the church that is in love with Jesus and has been redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, if the church will walk out in this world and wear on our face the glow of Jesus, who is our king, give it up for God and praise and worship God, it will rock and change this world, man. It burdens me when I see us look like them, they should look like them, and they should not look like us. We should, get the, we should lead the league in a party for Jesus because, man, we have got a bunch to be thankful for. My God has been good. My God's been good. We gotta give him more praise than any other God, little G-O-D. Don't ever, 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 ever let a professional college high school team get more praise from you than our king. I, never. I have nothing wrong with acting a fool. You know, I mean, OSU, they, they feeling good right now, and Texas not. And that, I feel sorry for them boys. They, don't, they ain't got nothing to praise about, literally. But what I'm saying is we, we dictate our personalities based on our scores each week. My dad was so in love with the Dallas Cowboys, I prayed more that they would win, not because I wanted them to win, because I wanted my dad to be happy that week. Because if they lost, he was just, ugh. He just, ugh. I ain't like him, all right? And I, I mean, I'd have taken 16. They play 16 games in. I'd have taken 16 and 0, for that matter. Don't let a sports dictate your, your worship. Don't let it get more praise than your king, my friend. Ecclesiastes chapter three. Verse four says this, there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh and there's a time to mourn. Y'all better hold on and there's a time to dance. I know y'all like, oh, he said dance in church. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I was growing up, junior high dance at the Methodist church, got to give it up for the Methodists. They got something right, amen. <laughs> Just saying, Y'all say Methodists don't know the Bible. They got that one. They got that one. I'm just saying to you, there's a time to dance. I'm in trouble, I'm telling you. I, <laughs> but Kate does my light work. Kate, you're going to be busy this week. So, so what I'm saying is, there's a time to dance. You say, I don't know about that preacher. I'm, that's not my personality. I don't care about your personality. I've said a thousand times your personality died at Calvary. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry if that's your personality. My personality is real steady, man. I'm, I pissed in high school. I pissed in college. You don't need a picture that freaks out. That's just bad sign right there. Picture freaking out, we in trouble, all right? But, but you kind of just gotta, gotta get within yourself up on the bump. A lot of stuff going on around you, you can't control. You can't lose it, man. You gotta stay calm and cool. You gotta be as cool as the other side of the pillar. You know what I mean? And you gotta stay that way. And you gotta be steady. And that's me, that's my personality, but I'm sorry. But my personality should not dictate my worship back to my God. And you gotta get up and be a fool. If you're gonna act like a fool for a bunch of other stuff you act like a fool for, you better act like a fool for God more, amen? There's nobody should act a fool for anything more than Jesus. Jesus should I get all of it, man, all of it. There's a time to dance. Let me give you some background on 1 Samuel. I mean, uh, 2 Samuel chapter six. So at this point, there's the ark. 
the Ark of the Lord, or Ark of the Covenant. In that time, that resembled the presence of the Lord. There was detailed instructions on how to move the Ark and, and all this other stuff. And so at this time, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and, and this time in David's life, was in Judea. David finally becomes the king, and David reestablishes the capital in Jerusalem, okay? When David did that, he arranged for the ark, the presence of the Lord, to come back to Jerusalem. I wish we could figure that out as a country. Let's bring the ark, the presence of the Lord, back to the White House, my gosh, can we not bring it back to the White House, all right? I'm just saying, man, if you would reestablish it like that. So David did that. He brought the ark back, gave detailed instructions, okay? So at this time, we're gonna jump into Scripture in just a little bit. The ark comes into Jerusalem, okay? This is the presence of the Lord. This is, this is, this is why we, we exist, man, It's for the presence of the Lord. It's the most beautiful place in the world. So I wanna pick up, this is 2 Samuel Chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verse 14. David, as the ark comes in, is wearing a linen ephos. He danced before the Lord with all his might. Boy, some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, I'm hell responsible for what I hear and see in the word of God. Yep, he danced with all his might, all right? While he was there, the entire house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord in with shouts and with the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, David's wife, watched from the window. And when she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she detested him in her heart. Hmm. I want you to go down, look at verse 20. When David returned home to bless his household, Micah, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today by disrobing in the sight of slave girls and serving girls as vulgar fella would. David said to Micah, it is before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. Woo. Mm. And anyone else from the house when he appointed me ruler over, over the people of Israel, I will mm, celebrate before my Lord and I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But these slave girls you spoke of, they will hold me in honor. Verse 23, so such a crazy verse. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to this day of her death. <laughs> she said, we're not gonna make any more of you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We ain't making, no, uh-uh. Nah, we ain't doing that. No, ain't doing that business. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Kitchen clothes, out. Not doing it. Not gonna do it. I'm not gonna take the chance of us having a, 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 a son or daughter who dances before the Lord and brings embarrassment on me and my house. You know why she's mad? She's the daughter of Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. He was a stalwart kind of dude, man. He, he's serious, man. And so in the custom and tradition of that day, 
is that you, the kings didn't do that dancing and stuff. They hired that out. The servant girls did that. So Saul, he would have been sitting up on his little porch. He'd been sitting up in the king's chair and says, ooh, make worship for me. Bring worship to my king. You dance, you make much music, you dance. I sit here. You sit here. Can I say something to you? Nobody, nobody, nobody can praise for you. Nobody. Nobody can praise for you. You have been redeemed. You've been bought with a price. You was no works of you, so no man may boast. Nobody, it's a free gift from God. You've been born again, set, 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 set free. You've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, all right? Dusty came out of that water, redeemed, set free, new, born again. Guess who worships for Dusty? Nobody but Dusty. You know who worships for Jeff? Nobody but Jeff. If my God has done all that I say he's done for me, it is for me to get my halal on and worship and praise him. And it's not for me to go, oh, Paxton, you'll make worship for me. Paxton's like, dude, I don't care what you pay me, but <laughs> I'm not here to make worship for you. I make worship for my God. If you wanna join in, that's your business. We don't do for other people in praise. Other people can't praise for you. You own your own praise. You own your own halal. Some of us need to drop our serious kind of mode and, and not worry about anything. Understand how good God has been. Understand all that God's done for you and take off your royal robe and get in on the dance, amen, and get in on the dance. Zephaniah 317, I want you to go to Zephaniah. Some of y'all are like, I didn't even know it was in the Bible, right? <laughs> Zephaniah, I'm on 834. I don't know if that helps you or not, okay? But uh, Zephaniah 317, listen to these words. The Lord God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The Hebrew word for singing there means dancing for joy. Woo, leaping for joy. Spin around with intense motion. Some of y'all are like, oh, I, uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen to me. We got to get our halal on. Listen, I grew up part of the Frozen Chosen, right? And, and I went off to college at a Frozen Chosen college. And I'm going to tell you right now, they didn't screen them good enough because some of them other ones got in. And I went to a Tuesday night Bible study at nine o'clock as a freshman I walked into the room and there's about two or 300 college students with their hands raised worshiping. And I was like, uh-oh, they got out. Some of them got out. Y'all didn't screen them good. They got in, they got in, abort, abort, get out. And I left. I did, I, I left. I was going down the hill back to my dorm because I was frozen chosen. That freaked me out. I didn't know what to do with that. And God said, you need to stop right there and turn your little britches around and go right back in because you're about to get your halal on. I'm about to teach you something. I'm about to take a quality that was demonstrated in David's life and you need to get it in your life because you've been saved from much, big boy. And I'm sorry if you're upbringing. I'm sorry that, 
they didn't do worship that way. But I'm gonna tell you right now, that Velcro that you've had on your side of your pants that stuck your arms to your side the whole time, I'm ripping it off. And I'm gonna put oil on your pants and ain't nothing gonna stick. And you're gonna go back in there and the spirit of Jesus Christ who raised you from the dead, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you. I put it in you. And you need to tap the Holy Spirit of God and start giving me some halal because I am a great God worthy of your worship. And you've got to learn how to worship me because your outward appearance and and posture in worship better say how good your God is because this worship style like this or like this, or I ain't doing that. I ain't singing that song 11 times. Seven's my limit, all right? Listen to me, you better get over yourself because you have been bought with a price and it was a price you couldn't pay and he did it for you and he declares you he declares you as his kid you got much to worship him about much to praise him about and this world is dying to see a difference in the church and it ain't seeing it because our faces don't say we're redeemed somebody better tell your face if you're born again that it's born again And some of us need to quit worrying about what we look like in front of other people. You don't worship for other people. That's why David said, you know what? I am the king, but he's really the king. And I'm gonna drop my kingly robe and I'm gonna go and get a fool for Jesus. I'm gonna dance for him. Oh, no, Michael, she's like, my daddy would have never done that. I'm sorry, your daddy missed out. He didn't teach you good. And your little protest about not having babies with David, hmm, how you feel about that now? I'll tell you something. Greatest gift you can give your children, parents, halal. Woo, somebody better hear that. You, I'm, the greatest gift you can give your children is halal. They better see mom and daddy lifting up their hands and worshiping a God worthy of praise. Because you know why? Because they will do the same thing you do. And then your grandchildren one day, when you look down in worship, they got their hands raised up in worship. And I'm gonna tell you, you'll cry like a baby because you're saying, man, my God's good. Church, you better wake up. You wanna be like David? Oh, he did. He's a good dude. He had a heart after God. He did kick Goliath's tail and cut his head off. He did. He made a bad choice about Bathsheba. But oh, he made a great choice with Halal. (laughs) You want to be like David? Same God, man. Worthy of our worship. Don't worry about what people say. You ain't worshiping for them. Amen. You may be worried about what people think that aren't even saved, and you are saved. Don't let a non-saved person dictate a saved person's worship. If that stings, it stings. I'm just saying, God's good, man. He's good, worthy of worship. What does worship, what does salvation sound like? It sounds like halal. Some of us have to understand that God's been good. We need to dance. Some of us are tipping our toes in the, in the water of worship. It's time to cannonball, baby. You need to get your toe out of the water and jump in, baby. That's what I'm saying. Some of us, man, we've been had our toe in the water in worship long enough, but we need to forget about the toe and jump all in, baby. All in. If you're gonna be a fool for anything, be a fool for Jesus, amen.
Don't just be a consumer when you come to church and just don't come to church to check a box. Scripture calls us to give an offering and to be a living sacrifice, amen. You wanna be like David? Join the dance. Join the dance. Ecclesiastes 3, 4, one more time for you. It's a time to weep. It's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. (laughs) In church, there's a time to dance. All the creation is a dance, baby. All of it is. Seasons dance. Geese, elk, all of creation dancing, man. The earth right now is rotating to its winter home as far south as it can go. On December the 21st, it'll start back to the north, to June 21st, and then it'll do it again. Can I say something to you? If creation's worshiping, why isn't his greatest jewel of creation worshiping? (laughs) Man, don't let geese do it for you. Don't let the elk do it for you. Don't let the birds do it for you. Don't let the stars and the moon and the sky, because the moon, it's waxing. The tide is worshiping. Why? Because the moon tells it when to. All creation is in movement and worship for the king. Why, isn't, why are we not? Why are we not? Don't let creation beat you to it. You're his greatest creation today. It is time for his greatest creation to get their halal on. So we're going to do that. Let's stand together. It is time to worship. It's time to halal. He's worthy of our worship. Amen. Today is a day of salvation. It's already been said. No greater time right now get down here and say, the reason I can't worship pastor is because I'm not born again saved. Oh, you get the Holy Spirit in you at salvation, you'll worship. Worship like nobody's business. Check yourself. What's my posture in worship say about my God? That's a simple question. What does my posture in worship say about my God? And if you don't like that answer, change your posture. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You're good. You're so good. You're so great. Mm, And we're your kids. And we're the ones mm, that should be saying it the most. I pray right now that the church, the church never lets anything else outdo its praise. May the church get its halal on today. And may we worship, worship, a God worthy of our worship, Father. We love you. May our worship right now sing back to you how great and good you are. We love you and we thank you and we praise you and we'll never, ever, ever let her law go down again. Father, we love you. In Christ's name, amen. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.